All right. Yay. It worked. Look at that. I'm learning stuff. Okay. So all you got to do is do the bumper where you say, hey, this is Alex and Lex. Really? Alex and Lex? This is Alex and Lex. I've been renamed. I can't look at your name and say it at the same time. So the Skype window has got the Alex, Alex and Alex and Lex. Alex and Lex. I don't know why I do that. Allison. You know what? It happened. I was on a telesummit and, and the same thing happened. She called me Alex and Lex. That's awesome. And it's when the, I used the to. The X is there and it's like, it must I know. be Alex. It's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you know what to say. Just say it. <laughs> this is Alex and Lex and you're listening to Vroom Vroom Veer. That's right. I can say it again a little bit better. If you you have like. to say it really cool. You got to right. say like, hey, this is Alex and Alex. And- <laughs> Yeah, go, go, do it. Now, are you? do you only have listeners on iTunes? Or do you have a website too? I have a website too. All right, is it vroomvroomveer.com? Yeah. Okay. Now I got to make sure I don't say my name wrong. Um, it's Allison Lex. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I did it. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Hey, this is Allison Lex, and you're listening to Vroom Vroom Veer at vroomvroomveer.com. Woo! Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you. All right. I can do another one on iTunes. No, that's fine. <laughs> you're cool. I don't know. I think but you, you should say, this is Alex. This is Alex. Put your URL in there. Okay. From rockyourmarketing.com. All right. And your like that. All right. Hi, this is Allison Lex from rockyourmarketing.com, and you're listening to Vroom Vroom Veer. Yay. Thank you, Alice. Thank you, Alexon. Just call me Alex. Your name's Alexon now. Actually, you know what's really funny is um, when I sign my name, I typically use my first initial and my last name. Alex. Is Alex. That's awesome. So I am Alexon Lex. You are. Alex and Lex. It's, it's a thing now. Now I'm just going to have to call you Alex and all the time. <laughs> all the time. That's it. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. David Hamilton, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer. Thanks for having me, Jeff Smith. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since we've chatted last. I don't, I can't remember the last time we talked. Yeah, since our glorious first meeting and and bromance at Steve Pavlina's workshop. Well, yeah. we we talked on we talked on uh, Skype for that other podcast. That was the last time we chatted. And that too, but I'm I'm. Okay. I'm recollecting our initial bromance. And just can you allow me that, please? Sure. Oh, <laughs> you can't. It's it's ours together, honey. So yeah, don't, it's awesome don't... to hear, man. <laughs> it is once <Yeah>. again. <laughs> we did the piano bar thing. 
That's right. Yeah. We did karaoke and piano bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we learned about each other and, you know, I think we've hugged, we hugged a lot and yeah, we, we, we shared about, you know, things geeky and things conscious and, uh, yeah. And now, and now we're, um, you know, we tease each other a lot. And what's important is we're growing together. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay. So let's talk a little bit about what you got going on. You're a confidence and success coach there in Denver, Colorado. Did I get that right? Got that correct. So now besides loving that and transforming people's lives, you are into playing your own music. Now, I didn't know this about you. What what instrument do you play? Yeah, I, I've I've played guitar since I was 10. Shut up. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. That's so, cool. I play guitar since when I, so I'm 10 and I'm 40 now. And I started writing my own songs and singing around 18 or 19. Wow. And I couldn't sing hardly a lick. And now I'm a pretty, pretty decent singer. Pretty good. You're not and bad. So, You're pretty not, good. Yeah. yeah. You know, piano bar singing, how it goes. Um, <laughs> and no, it's, I've been a closeted musician for a little while cause I've been so focused on building my business and helping people with coaching and, you know, <clears throat> courses and stuff like that. But yeah, music has always been, has always been around me and big, been a big part of my life. And Singer, you, songwriter, guitar player. So we, we should like, I don't know, record something over Skype or something. Wow. Maybe. Oh yeah. We could do like <laughs> harmonizing and stuff. We'll sing Let It Go together. <laughs> New hit. Is it going to be an anthem or a ballad? How about an anthemic ballad? Okay. Whatever. I just want to sing. <laughs> yeah. I want to sing, man. Whatever. <laughs> so uh, you also are doing martial arts. What sort of martial arts are you into? So I do Tai Chi, and it's oh, not often awesome. thought of as, as a martial art, but it really is. So Tai Chi, tai chi Chuan is uh, – is the martial art. It's so I'm four years doing it, four years. Yeah. Um, and it's really challenging and really, really awesome. And just the weirdest martial art ever. One of the weirdest ever. Right. Um, yeah. I actually, I think, didn't Josh Wheatkins do that too? Is that the same? You know him? I don't know him. No, you don't know him. Okay. Well, I might be wrong, but he was the guy, uh, who you remember the book, uh, uh searching for Bobby Fisher. Uh huh. So he was the child chess prodigy. So oh. after he got, you know, you know, fed up with chess, he went into a martial art, and I think it's the one that you're talking about. This yeah. tai, tai Chi version, the martial art version of Tai Chi. That's so, right. Yeah, and that's that's cool, you know. And then yeah. he became world class. Are you world class? No. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely I'm not world not. class at anything. <laughs> Maybe yeah. beer our, drinking. Our, our teacher constantly reminds us of how much we suck, which is kind of part of the the old school Tai Chi Tai Chi teacher mo. It's like, right? You guys, like when he tells you, "Hey, you guys are doing very well." That's like an insult because he doesn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very much like the military. It's yeah, like they no. never want you to get a big hit. So yeah, like if somebody exactly. comes up to you and actually like pats you on the back and says good job, you think you're in trouble or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, and he's exactly, but he is really good and he will put the hurt on you and as he demonstrates on us in class and stuff, but it's it's just it's really it's an amazing and there are a lot of 
benefits to it, kind of healing benefits, because you practice slow. You have to practice slow in order to sort of coordinate your system in a way that develops something called internal power that is different than a hard style martial art where you are maybe twisting your waist and hitting. Um, this is a totally different kind of coordination that requires a totally different kind of training, and that's what the slow training is actually about. Wow. That sounds yeah. neat. It's interesting. It's almost yeah. like a meditative martial arts. Yeah, they call it a moving meditation. Uh, Qigong is actually the healing part. We do Qigongs as well sometimes, mm -hmm. but um, Qigong is the healing system and there's similar movements, but uh, Tai Chi is and was always designed as a martial art. That's awesome. I never knew that. Well, I knew that there was a martial art form, but I didn't know the that you you practice slow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and and if anybody says, "Oh, we don't, you know, we we don't do martial arts tai chi," that doesn't actually exist. They they just <laughs> they made that up. It, it's always right. been a martial art. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So you, both of your websites, let's talk about those a little bit. Um, your coaching site is that that's still evolution.co, which is e v e r l u t i o n.co. Did I get that right? Yeah. Evolution is, I mean, I do coaching on both sites really. Okay. Um, and, there, and so the difference is, you know, Evolution was a blog started in 2012 on all things personal development that I wanted to talk about. Okay. And so I said, I just offer coaching that I already do as part of that, you know, um, <clears throat> under that umbrella. And so I say transformational coaching because the way I coach, I've worked with entrepreneurs and executives and stay at home moms and salespeople. And I, cause I really work on the, on the, the mind, the mind piece more than anything, beliefs, mindset, the inner game, um, the inner game exactly. And how that affects everything. And <clears throat> it's, you know, I know some things about business now. I know some things about whatever, but I don't really come from that angle is like some people think of coaching as well, you know, tell me what to do. Right, and I would right, call that right. mentioning, and, you know, coaching is such a wild west, you know, free range thing. There's sure. no regulation to it. Anybody can call themselves a coach without any experience, without any training and right. say, I'm a coach. Sure. And, and so coaching, I like the best definition of coaching that I like comes from uh, one of my mentors, Rich Litvin, who talks about the original meaning of the word coach means to like help guide someone to somewhere they want to go. Right. Help them on the journey. And that's it. So whatever that means. And so evolution is a place where as you know, I, I'm really fascinated by state of mind and how that affects our performance, uh, flow, um, all that kind of stuff. I did a facilitation of a, a little talk the other day about flow with some entrepreneurs. So anything and in, in everything related to mindset, flow, you know, state of mind and how that can help people achieve what they want, whether that's in their in their business, whether that's work, whether that's life, doesn't matter to me. I love helping people with that kind of stuff. So what do you, your other site is socialexpression.net. Now, uh, what's the focus there? The focus there is much more specific. It's to help guys who are shy and struggle with confidence, um, the ability to connect with others, build relationships, things like this, really the social confidence thing. Uh, guys that have struggled with that to <clears throat> build up their confidence, develop their connection and conversational skills so they can really create the life they want in terms of having the career success they want, having friends and relationships of all kinds, social circles that they want, and also meeting and dating the women they want as a really kind of a holistic thing, including all those things. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that's got to be uh... – Fertile ground, because I know a lot of dudes need a lot of help at their 
for sure. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing because a lot of dudes um, could use it, and it can be a very, very embarrassing thing for a man to admit or ask for. So right. I get found through the internet a lot um, because because of that very fact. Sure. Yeah, you know, and uh, I know both of us were in IT, right? You did IT work too. If I remember right, okay. that's right. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I did IT, and I think, you know, nerds have taken over. You know, and I I love my nerd heritage, but I I've always actually considered myself a misfit. Now mm-hmm. I do still identify as a nerd slash geek, just because uh you know most of my friends hang out there, you know, um, right. but I've also you know when I when I do hang out with them. I don't really 100% fit in that group either. You know, right. there, there's always a thing about me and everybody that, you know, you can't, we're, we're all individuals, right? So it's like, even if you're going to belong to a group that doesn't necessarily mean that's all you are. But anyway, that, now I'm going off on a tangent. Uh, where I was going was um, we were, we, we, we met at, in the conscious uh, conscious growth workshop and that crew is very much nerdy absolutely right? yeah <laughs> right and yep. I, I think you and i are probably like you know as far as like that crowd goes like really really outgoing yeah and yeah. <clears throat> i've had to work on that myself that's why i also have social expression but no i'm with you i i, I it was nerdier than i thought <laughs> that it would right. be when i showed up right right okay um, yeah yeah and 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 a lot of awesome, awesome dudes, mainly dudes, right, right. <laughs> mainly dudes. And a lot of times I go to personal development things and it's mainly women. So I was right. a little surprised. I was like, wow, a lot of dudes here. So yeah. tribute to Steve for, you know, serving the awesome nerd crew. And right. look, I was a nerd growing up. I, I didn't, you know, when I moved to Colorado from California, all I had was my schoolwork and computers. Computers were just starting to get big around then. Yeah. Uh, I had an 8086 processor wow. machine, yeah. <laughs> you know, phenomena and then the Pentium, Pentium two and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and I played a lot of computer games and I, um, and I got into music again and that's where I actually, what I was a misfit in the high school, not with the popular kids I never fit in, but I fit in with the artists and the actors right. and the, those kind of misfits, the creative types who, who also, we have a lot of nerd crossover. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah. A yeah. Lot of crossover. yeah. So I resonate with you totally on the misfit thing. Absolutely. Right. Right. I think everybody's a misfit, but you know, if you hang long enough, you start identifying with that, you know? Um, but it's never the whole answer, you know, you know, Hollywood will say they'll just paint you as, oh, this is a jock and this is like a, a nerd and this is the princess and this is a burnout. It's never true. It's that's just that's not a real person. A real person think, is always more than that. You just uh, you just d- described the breakfast club. I, I know. Believe. <laughs> <laughs> you caught that's that. Exactly yeah. Got onto that. Yeah. Got yeah. Well, and it's funny. You think about growing up, like those people that if you were in high school and they were the jock, right? Right. And they were the jock. And then you see them years later and they are the stoner or the hippie. And you're like, no, you're not. And they're like, yes, I am. I have changed. I'm, you know, identity is just so made up and it can totally shift. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the thing is, is, um, you know, it's weird because now a lot of the millionaires and billionaires aren't the jock types anymore. They're totally nerds, you know? Oh yeah. You know? Absolutely. And so like the revenge of the nerds is a real thing now. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really I, translate to high school uh, or at least middle school in my observation. The, yeah, it's just nerd domination. Now. Yeah. Well, I know, you know, when I, when I'm in, you know, that, that, that alpha beta and big little, rules still apply when you're in at least middle school and elementary school. I haven't been to a high school yet in my travels here doing this IT work as a temp guy, but the nerds haven't won yet. Now it's just because the girls in, in these, you know, in this place where they're at, they don't know about, you know, nerds and money and things like that. <laughs> right. 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 You know, in- interesting. It's fun. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 We could have a whole discussion on attraction women and men, but that's maybe for another time. Well, no, we could, <laughs> you know, it, that's fun. Um, but let's talk a little bit about one of your big room veer stories. Cause I remember we had a little pre-show chat mm-hmm. and, uh, and you had a couple of stories you wanted to share. So, uh, what was the first one about now? Um, I remember some of it. You, I know there was a move involved and, yeah. uh, somebody was sick. Yeah. So I was, you know, I lived in New York City from 2000 to 2010. Um, and I worked in IT. That's where I worked in IT. I actually worked okay. in PR at first, public relations. And I really, really hated it. I felt like a, a slimy salesman that didn't make any money is <laughs> kind of how I felt like about PR. Like oh, it would be bad. better to be. And I actually don't have anything against sales because I have to quote unquote sell right. in my business. But it doesn't feel like sales when it, you know, it doesn't feel like sales. it's not, it doesn't work that way. Uh-huh. Um, but I worked in IT mainly, f- you know, for the good nine years. And I loved, I loved living in New York. I loved working in IT um, because I was, obviously you have to be somewhat nerdy to be in IT of some kind, but I was the get it done project manager kind of guy. Right? Okay. Right. There were always guys that were smarter and geekier than me and they really knew their shit. And I would just like glaze over if we got too much in the weeds and knowing everything. Right. Right. And so, but I knew I could get things done and I could move things forward. And that was my, my kind of specialty and why I kind of rose the ranks that I did. Okay. And so I was work, I was living and working in New York. I got back into music. I started a band up again uh, Get 2000 the band back together, dude. Get a free bird. <laughs> um, and, um, uh, I was playing some shows in, 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 you know, coming around wow. 2007, 2008, 2000, I think it was 2008. I got back together. Um, or got a band, a band together playing in the East village, in New York, some little clubs around there. And that was fun. And, and I, I get a call one day, um, it was October of 2009 uh, from my mother, and she had been struggling with some slurred speech problems since uh, m- like March of that year. <clears throat> and okay. I'm in my bedroom. I remember the moment exactly after work, just chilling out, and I get a call, and she's like, "She's like, oh my god, David, I can't believe it. I have ALS. I have been diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease." Whoa! And for those listening that don't know about Lou Gehrig's disease, it Everybody knows the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge probably by now listening to it. Right. <clears throat> ALS is this disease where you basically become a prisoner in your own body. You stay mentally clear and lucid and you can you have all your cognitive capacities, but your entire body just starts to shut down. 
uh, neurologically. So you you start to lose function in your hands. Anybody, Stephen Hawking is a is a, a Lou Gehrig's person. Oh, okay. Um, anybody that just really can't almost do anything physically for themselves now. He has a version that was different than my mother's. She had the fast track. He had the slow track. Okay. That's why he's still alive. Right. Okay. Um, and so I got that call and I didn't really realize what it meant at that time. And, and then it started to unravel in the next few weeks. So what it really meant is I found out about ALS and what the implications were. And, you know, I was in the middle of starting to record an album for my band and all that stuff had to go on hold because I decided um, that I needed to try to start a business on my own. While I was working in New York so I could make money so I could live wherever I want because my plan was to be able to still live in New York and then be able to visit back and forth as much as I wanted to Colorado to see my mom and and help take care of her with my dad and all that because corp, you know corporate job you get three or four weeks max if you're lucky sure. and, few weeks. and so <clears throat> come May of 2010 I was going to work one day and I was just on the platform uh, in the subway platform and kind of thinking through all this and weighing the pros and cons. And all of a sudden I just realized that I wasn't, I wasn't, this business thing wasn't going as good as I thought it was, or as, as hopeful as I thought it was. Right. Uh, I wasn't making as much money. I wasn't in the place I thought I could be that I could afford to live in New York. And I, it just, I had this feeling wash over me. It just, it was almost like this voice that said, go home. And it, it just, and I just was, I got to go. I, I have to leave New York. And I, I love New York and I love my friends and I love my life there. It was this feeling that went beyond pros and cons. It was this feeling that went beyond um, rationalization. Right, right, right. So I, yeah, I talked to my mom. Yeah, you've had those, right? I've had those, yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. Right, right, right. <laughs> Depending on the level of alcohol involved, no. But, um, <laughs> Well, and well so, it's a good idea not to listen to the ones when you're drunk, but let's go on. Right. <laughs> this was a non-junk one, fortunately. Good. And so I talked with my parents about it that night, and I checked with some friends. I'm like, am I crazy? And everybody said, you sound pretty clear. And so the next day after that, I gave notice that you know I'm going to be leaving um, end of June to go back to Colorado to be with my mom. And everybody was, as, as that time unraveled, was like, wow, that's a really amazing thing that you're doing. Not a lot of people do that. And you know what, Jeff? It never felt like that to me. It never felt amazing. It never felt courageous. It just felt like the only choice I had. Right, right. It just felt like I got to do this. And when everybody gave me praise, it was weird because I was like, what are you talking about? It actually felt not much different than overall. I mean, there was some consideration and some like, oh, wow, what am I doing? But it felt like just, you know, that's what I have to do. That's there's there's no other way. Right, right. It just felt yeah. like a no no decision whatsoever sort of thing. Right. It's like the choice chose me. Right. Yeah. And made, but that that sort of that level of clarity is so rare, really, in life. It's like when it shows up, you uh, you better listen. You know. Yeah. And it's actually quite freeing and liberating when you oh, don't totally. have a choice. <laughs> right, right. In a way. Right. No, it is. I mean, it's like, yeah, you don't really, you, then you're not hemming and hawing. You're not, it's just like, all right, I got to do this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
and it yeah. just feels natural and good. And, and yeah, I, I've been there. I know what that, those are the sorts of decisions that I sort of like really love, you know, when it just feels like, actually, it's kind of like how I plan my life. You know, it's like the thing that, 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 that is next, I'll know when I see it. That's right. how, that's kind of how I like to live. Yep. Because it feels yeah. like just putting on a, an old shoe, you know, it's not, there's no deliberation. It's just like, oh yeah, let's do that. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was very much like that. And, and so I, I came back to Colorado literally on my mom's birthday, um, in 2010 and, and she, she passed away, uh, about nine months later, once I got back to Colorado. So, and, and now here I am and I've, I've been here ever since. And I, at first I had plans to go back to New York and all that, but that was the big room, room beer, man. That was, that shifted my life direction because I was also working corporate and I was getting promoted and I just never felt, you know, that I would, I was always meant to be there. And if I always figured well, Hey, if they're continuing to promote me and think I'm so great, maybe I am great. And I should go into business myself, not knowing how different business is running your own business right, right, right. to work within a, a company. And it really is so different. And I, I've stayed on that path of working for myself ever since. But I mean, you, yeah, let's get, let's drill down into that because that, I mean, I get it that it was pretty much a no brainer that you had to, to move for your mom. That was the major, major motivator in that decision. Um, but at the same time, you're like, well, um, I have to reorder my life. So how did that, how describe how that felt? Because what was the experience like moving from, you know, the, the paycheck to the, the, I have to go out and hustle my, my, uh, my paycheck kind of life. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Well, first of all, when I first moved to New York city, that was a culture shock. You know, sure. it took me a good nine months to settle in. When I came back to Colorado, I had reverse culture shock. I had become a New Yorker. Right. So there was that element first right. of all. So you had like, to, you had to change your vibration to go slow again. Because yeah, <laughs> real slow living right. in my parents' town. Right, and so when I moved to Denver, it it was much better for me because it was more metropolitan, and it keeps getting more metropolitan. But nothing not like New York, but a yeah. good happy medium. Okay, good. so you know when I when I first moved back to Colorado, I had about forty thousand dollars saved up in cash. Nice, just all now gone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it would be nice if I still had it. Right. But a lot of that was li- I was living, even though I was living at my parents' house. To you know, that's where I was, and that's what we all decided on, so I could be with my mom and all that. Of course. Sure. Um, my expenses are low, but all that money, you know, I put into trying different business things and all that, and and so at first it was it was awesome, right? Because I didn't have anybody to answer to, and I and it wasn't like I didn't have any money to live on, right? Right. So, um, I was kind of like, you know, just dinking around with stuff. I, I kind of had a, what I called an internet marketing business, which I don't, it wasn't really, it was just me having my blogs of all these little niche sites and trying to make money through AdSense and affiliate stuff. Okay. okay? You're trying which to do I, Steve Pavlina. Well, yeah, not kind of Steve Pavlina is, <laughs> well, you know, blog and make money. Success. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This was a whole different, a different kind of animal that, oh, okay. That I, I, I just, I made some money at it, but I, I eventually like, was like, I created a job that I completely hate for myself. Right. I did that too. <laughs> oh, yay. 
Yeah, because I was trying to copy Steve Pavlina, you know, the whole idea of, you know, build a high traffic website by writing really good stuff and then sell AdSense ads, you know, and, and, you know, let's do that model because it worked for Steve. It'll work for me, right? Well, it turns out I really hate writing. Yeah, that's not going to help you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 and anything to do with SEO now, I have like an aversion to. Right. I don't want anything to do with SEO. That's and search engine optimization, if, if, if you don't know what that SEO means. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, exactly. All these geeky terms. That <laughs> right. Media marketing and PPC or whatever. But anyways, um, yeah, and, and that's I was basing on SEO stuff, and it was building these little niche sites that would rank in Google and then get de-indexed and all this kind of geeky internet marketing stuff. And one day I woke up, and it was after my mother had already passed away, and I was like, you know – What's something – I'm going to try the whole do what you love and the money will come thing. Okay. okay. Good. Because I was like, well, I'm doing what I don't love and the money isn't really coming. So that's <laughs> not screw working. Screw that. Right. right. <laughs> right. And, and, so, and you can always go work at the post office or get a job if you really have to. I mean – Right. Yeah. Which I is – You I don't just want to. Right. Before this with another guy who's a new, brand new coach getting in the coaching business and – I'm like, it's never really occurred to me to do that. And, and I've been able to find ways to continue to make money and, and continue. And I've just continued on. That's great. And, and, and so I, um, you know, personally, I went and took a look. I was like, what have I always done? Well, I've always done personal development and coaching. And I hadn't coached in years. I did a coach training back in 2004. Wow. Okay. Awesome coach training that I still use to this day. And in fact, I had coaching calls all this week that I used it. Um, besides all the other training I have and life and just coaching people in general sure, and, and having my own coaches and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I just said, I'm going to st- start a blog on, on something I've dealt with shyness and social anxiety. And I'm just going to start writing free content and making, and then I've in YouTube at the time was just taking off more. And I was like, I'll make some YouTube videos. Okay. Why not? Started a channel and I started doing this and I made my first course and I did my first free coaching around helping people with shyness and social anxiety. Um, I remember I, I helped this like 25 year old girl for free it was my first client, right? My pro bono client. And <clears throat> that do, you know, do what you love and the money will come. Well, not so quite exactly. Right. Not really. <laughs> you know, There's more to it than that. Yeah. There is more to it than that. And I think that, there are some people I, there, it seems like there are some people I was thinking about this the other night that really can do business and they, they just, they're more that entrepreneurial type where it can be almost any business as long as it's like doing business. Right. Yeah. And they're more the entrepreneurial types. And I'm going to say that I'm more a business owner than an entrepreneur. Right. Right. No, I know the difference because I, right? when I, I, when I poked my head into that world, I, I figured out that there's, a certain sort of personality that is just like they're really good at the business of business, you know, the, the scaffolding of, you know, insert service or product into this and they're, they're what you insert it into and they're going to make money with it if it's a good product. Right. And and they'll just, you know, they can churn, you know, because they're good at the infrastructure of the business of business. And then there's, right. then there's folks, uh, and I think I'm on the other side, that just want to do a thing, 
right? And they're right. not really interested in the business of the business, not the business side, all the scaffolding, like marketing and all that stuff. Um, I'm not really, you know, I'll do it, but it's, you know, I'm not passionate about it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Right. And, and you know, it's a, it's a scale, to be honest. It's a gradient from, say, entrepreneur to business owner. Okay. Right? And lately, I'm reading more on marketing and studying my sales in different ways, and I'm I'm loving it because two years ago, I was in my dad's kitchen screaming and slamming the table, I hate sales and marketing. Okay. I hate it. Right. Right. I would just, <laughs> and my dad's sitting there trying to be a good dad and listen at his house, and I, and I, and I just, it kind of gets quiet, and I go, this is a room room veer moment too, actually. It is. And I just went it's and I have to. Can you feel the room room veer? Can you I, I can feel, feel it? I can feel veering going on right now. Can you feel me ch- trying to turn the Titanic away from the iceberg here? Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> and I and I did really because I said, and it got quiet, and I said, Dad, and I have to learn how to do it. Other, otherwise, I'll never make it. Right. If you don't have money coming in, you you haven't got a business. Right. And, you gotta do You've just got a hobby or a charity, one or the other. That's right, a hobby, a hobby or a charity. A hobby, a hobby, hobby, hobby. It's a hobby. A hobby. I have a hobby business. You pretend you're really short with furry feet. It's an important niche. Don't laugh. Sorry, I'm already laughing. Besides the other niche we talk about, but we shall not speak of on this podcast. Yes, yes. Well, uh, of the, of the many things we will not discuss. Uh, too maybe. dirty for this. I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Uh, it's just off. Uh, yeah. It's off. It's off topic. It's off topic. It's off. But but I, it's interesting because I feel myself going a little more towards. I made a, I made my first video on Facebook about the the lessons. I've learned in 3.5 years in business and truthfully it's been longer than that, but it's really 3.5 years that I've been in the coaching business and stuck with one type of business that I'm most passionate about. Right. Right. And a lot of times as a coach and I, I talk to many different coaches, um, not everybody always wants to be a coach. Right. And, And a big thing that can, that can happen is being overly identified with your business as who you are can really be a painful thing. And so there is a use to having your business be your business and having you not be your business. Right. And so for all of us that have personally branded businesses, there can be some real challenges around that. Am I doing my life's purpose and passion? And oh, I didn't know today I loved it yesterday and today I hate it. You know, right. right. Which is a happens. completely natural thing. Yeah. It to actually like, is. A natural thing. It is. I mean, you need a break. You still love it. Just not now. Yeah. <laughs> just right and you're burnt on it and you want to yeah. go have a beer you, you want to go, go have a beer or go sing karaoke or do something else yeah. you need a little uh brain break exactly but i i actually for whatever reason am having a blast these days talking about business i just talked with a coach about here's what i think you should look at being a coach you know and you should look at it as a whole business there's a lot of times coaches get into i just need to create clients and serve and that's great it's like what are your what are your revenue streams Right. You need to know that stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's yeah. super useful because yeah. you have a big client and they leave. It's a big chunk of money versus say you have some smaller products that you sell or smaller courses that when somebody, you know, that little piece of income goes, it doesn't impact you so much. So right. blah, 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 blah. But well, you're I don't not gonna, you're not going to help anybody. You're not going to, you know, serve the planet when you're broke. Yeah. So Absolutely. you have to sell. 
<laughs> you got to sell yourself, fool. You, you got to sell. And and it's okay. You know, I I went through that too. I'm, you know, I'm in this place now where uh I I want the this podcast to make money, but I've taken the pressure off me and the show. And yes. said, you know, if I need money in the short term, I'll just I'm dialing back, you know, the 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 time and effort that I spend in the podcast. Uh, and, and I'll just go, I'm working six hours a day, five days a week. And that makes my wife so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, and, and when she's happy, then I'm happy. And then then we're both happy. Then everybody's happy. You know, it's like, it just changes the world. You know, it's just like the the tiniest little things, um, that, and then, uh, this other lady who does a blog, um, at brainpickings.com. ORG or Ned or her name's uh, Maria Popovoff, I think something like yeah. that. I've yeah, I've seen her she's stuff awesome. come across. Some really good stuff. There. Yeah, yeah. So she did this thing. I think she was on um, uh, Tim Ferriss's podcast. That's why I, I heard her talk. And she says, like one of her rules of life is she'll never do anything for only prestige and money. Mm. Now, if it happens to be something that that is, you know, she wants to do. And it happens to be lucrative and prestigious, then she might she'll consider it, right? But prestige and money can't be the top two, you know, one or two, kind of thing, and then nothing else, because yep. she doesn't like that energy that goes along with it. It's like it's too like oh look at me kind of sort of feel. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes it makes total sense, and and I, I, there's more of that kind of occurring. Um, you know, all the, you know, if we're all on Facebook here, more and more we're getting targeted and I've done targeted ads for my shy guy niche. Like here's a webinar free training kind of stuff. We get the sponsored ads that come up right in the Facebook feed. Right. And there's so much of the look where I am at my success and look at my prestige and all that. Right. Going on. Um, there's a whole authenticity vulnerability movement happening much more. And it's hard to know. Sometimes it's hard. You can't know because it's hard to know, tell from the ad. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and I was sitting here today going, you know, we think TV, TV media is bad. Like as far as like, you know, not knowing what's real or affecting our viewpoint, but social media is so much more insidious. Right. Because all all the all it's just the tons of information coming and if we're not if i'm not careful and go okay and don't get into the comparison game of here's where this person's life is and here right. you know where their right. life's at and here's yeah. mine and i'm not there yet and it's yeah. like and that, i call, that really I, can I call that fear of fear of missing out but it's not really fear of missing yeah. out it's it's fear of not being cool or something like that <laughs> Yeah. But it's it's almost like fear of missing out. It's it's not though. It's let's make up a new word. It's like um fear of not being yourself, not being okay it's, with Well no, yourself. it's not it's 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 almost like fear of uh being my it is fear of being myself, I guess. It's like yeah. you are you in your ordinary mundane life, you know, whatever it is, the reality of your life. It well, feels m- mundane relative to yeah. The fantasy that you want to project out onto what you think you should be or something. Does that make sense? You see where Absolutely. I'm going? Yeah. It's like the shinier, prettier Brad Pitt version of you. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, exactly. And and my he's hot. 
Right. He's hot. He's got six pack abs and perfect now, haircut. And, a, now, you know, the question is who, whose version is hot or mine or yours? And see, that's where we get, that's where we're going to really suffer is when we go, <laughs> I think Jeff's is hotter than mine. <laughs> That's Damn hilarious. it! I need to. Work. My future self, Brad, needs, needs to, to work, work out, out more. more. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> you just took it two layers down, dude. <laughs> That's transformational, kid. No, but but really, I would call it fear of not being good enough. Actually, okay, all right, yeah. And, and here's the thing: from my very first coach training, this guy named Julio Alaya, who is the most badass shamanic coach I've ever seen in corporate clothes. Like he was doing corporate trainings and this guy did shit I've never seen. And one thing he says in coaching tens of thousands of people over the years, Westerners have a core belief of not good enough, not right, enough. Right, right. Not good enough. We all have it. Right. It's a meme. It's like, yeah. It's, it is. It's like, it's, it, it's baked into the architecture of right. the West. Right. And it has been forever. Yeah. You know, for, since ancient times, basically achieve, strive and it's achieving and striving. Isn't inherently a bad thing, but too much of that. I think it comes from that. I get drawn into that all the time. I just happen to be in a space right now of screw it all. Right. I'm going to lift the curtain on where I'm at. And I just made a video on, I haven't made my six figures yet in business. It's my best year ever, but I haven't made my six figures. And here's what I know about business as a solopreneur. Because I'm getting tired of all these this crap of you got to make six figures. Here's how you do it. I've done it. And a lot of people have done it, and a lot of those people haven't done it is what we're starting to find. Uh-huh. But okay. Selling these marketing programs and business building and all this right, kind of right, stuff. Right, 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 right. Or, or maybe it was six-figure gross and four-figure right, net. <laughs> that's right. You can and say so anything I've you got, want, right? I've got – I know six-figure business owners and coaches that have made more than me and have way less to show for it from than me. Right. And maybe and maybe they're burnt out and they're not sleeping right and they're not healthy and their diet's crap and and they beat their dog when they get home, you know. Are they who you don't know. You don't know. It's all just a facade. And it's well it's and it's all our mental projection, the story we make of uh, up of what we see. Yes. Yes. It comes across, you for know, sure. we're all making that up and experiencing that. So um and 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 so with the social media, it's like there's some days where I'm like, I just, I got to cut it off because yeah. I'm crazy here comparing myself to everybody else. Oh, Facebook is the worst. <laughs> and, and it's an amazing tool for connection as well. It is. But one of the things that, that I wanted to point back to that you said, and this is the coach in me that I loved. Okay. Is I took the pressure off myself with room, room, veer to make, to make things happen. Right. And life is just better. Yeah. <laughs> when we take that pressure off yeah, and paradoxically it can actually lead to coming up with the idea that makes you more money or another revenue stream. Well, here's um, the thing is like, um, you know, like, like the old version of me, uh, like uh, on the first podcast, yeah. I was like, you know, just like really, really just like in that, like try hard kind of like squeezing all the time <laughs> sort of energy space, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it was a good slash bad kind of thing because it was good because I was being uber productive. I was like booking tons of people and my shows were like recorded for months and months out, which I like, I like that, you know, but I can't do that and work. Right. right. So it was like something has to give. Right. So 
now like it's I'm writing a lot closer to I got to book somebody now because <laughs> there's going to be just me talking on the mic next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, and yeah. I'm okay with it though. Yeah. Cuz I think the whole thing of of uh accepting the now that my life as now as you know i'm a retired air force guy you know lucky me i i don't need to have a whole job i can get away with just you know a, a relatively easy job you know yeah and for now you know and maybe it'll change you know that's what it, it i actually love being a temp because you know yeah. it's like having a job but not having a job because you're right. not involved in any of the politics you show up I do what I want, more or less. You know, yeah. some, you know. Um, basically, I have two modes. Either they tell me specifically what to do, and then I do that until it's done, or they forget about me and they leave me at a school and they expect me to find my own work. And I like right. I like the B, you know, the find yeah. my own, my own work situation. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's, that's fun because I get to make friends. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you do whatever you want. There I do whatever I want. Right. Exactly. So. I also want to take. I'm gonna. I want to speak to a devil's advocate side of this a little bit. Please. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day who we've done some coach trainings together. We're pretty good friends, and he's not making his money as a coach, aka in his own business. And we're talking about coaching business because that's the business I know, sure, pretty well and better and better. So, um, there were times where I could have gone and got a job and this is not at all to say anything about your situation, but there is also something about how under pressure, um, not an internal pressure, but of, okay, I need to make something happen here. How creative and resourceful we can become. Right. If we continue and yes, you know, and dealing with the pressure challenges that come from our minds, the state of mind is like, Oh, you know, I'm looking for a certain result. And as we know, it doesn't help to put all this pressure on ourselves to, to think creatively, um, to be in flow. You know, there's all kinds of stuff we can talk about. I can geek out on that, you know? Um, but I've, I'm astounded at how I've been able to be creative in continuing to find ways to make money. And I also, and to manage my money effectively because i i do have low expenses i do have low overhead i don't have a lot of stuff and i don't care about having a lot of stuff right right if somebody has a huge lifestyle they need to maintain yeah it's going to be you know really difficult there's a book, book called the fast lane millionaire the millionaire fast lane which i really love uh-huh. um, that talks about and reminds us of those people that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars possibly millions and living paycheck to paycheck month right. to month right because of their expenses yeah so um there is something also to at some point because look, once someone gets a business up and running, there are going to be points where every business owner doesn't know where the next money's coming from. Right, right. That or there's a possibility that can happen. Um, are you going to get a job, or are you going to keep? Are you going to get creative and, and make money? Uh huh. Figure out a way to make money, or and I'm at a point where okay. Even if I don't know where the next money is, I have options and I can create some money. Right. And so now I'm working on being more consistent. So I don't have to be like that because, because yes, consistency is an awesome thing. But I've I've been in entrepreneurs meetings where people have you know the the lead facilitator who's been in business for 20, 30 years 
goes, okay, I want you guys to raise your hand in this, in this room. How many of you ever have a feeling that you'll uh, always feel secure and never have money fears again and never not know? And you know, how many of you have that feeling? No one raises their hand. And these are people that have been in business 20 years. Wow. Wow. So, wow. Yikes. So see, that's the thing, you know, like if, if, if you, if you were, gonna... yeah, all right. That's that. It's a good, it's a good thing to know, yeah. but I, I, you know, I don't need to live there because I think, um, part of my blurs, that's my made up word. That means blessing curse uh-huh. is that as long as I'm married, uh, my wife has income and I, and I, and I have a retirement check. So I'm blurred with, you know, I don't really need, you know, the, the money that I make from this job is sort of like shoe money. You know, we don't really need it. Right. You know? So that's the thing. It's like, I, you know, I don't have what, you know, somebody, if somebody were to ask me that question, I wouldn't raise my hand. I'm not worried about where my next paycheck's coming from. Right. I'm worried about where my next half one is. What I'm really concerned about is wouldn't it be cool if Yayoi wouldn't have to work? Now that would be way more fun for me. Right. That's and, that's, and I tried to use that as a motivator and it, it doesn't, doesn't work, you know, right. I, but I, well, yeah, go ahead. And then that's, this is, this is awesome because this is the point that is coming up within me, which is, um, when we think about what, how we can serve or what, or what we can create, that's way more powerful than thinking to me of thinking, wouldn't it be cool not to work again? Uh, wouldn't it be cool to not, um, have to worry about money again, but how can I impact? How can I serve and create? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be cool? Yeah. If I could serve, you know, people, myself and others more. Right. You know, and with with my wife at the same time, with her serving the business. See, that that sort of is like my dream. Right. We're like working together as a couple and, yes. you know, doing the travel worky thing, but it's our thing. Uh, yep. That that would be awesome. You know, where, where we could like live in Japan for, you know, six months a year or whatever, you know, yeah. and and travel more. Yeah, and I and I think the more that the vision is flushed out, yeah, the more compelling it becomes. Because if it's just, oh, wouldn't it be cool to? And it can be even, oh, wouldn't it be cool just to create stuff that really impacts the world? It's like, well, you know, how are you going to make money with it? How's the rest of the life look along with that? It right. is a whole whole picture thing, um, because people can be impacting the world and in creating stuff and not making money and not having the lifestyle or any of that. Right. So right. yeah, I mean, like, what if like a th- uh, this podcast gets really really popular that doesn't magically make money (laughs) yeah i'd still have to do stuff you know with those people you know for 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 money to happen you know and a different set of challenges will occur when right if when it becomes your your main money maker it's like hey right you know yeah (laughs) The, the thing that i think that i heard somebody say to me and this was really really exciting and inspiring was um, I'm I'm working in Inglewood uh, School District, see, and that's like inner city, you know, and it's like, you know, like the some of the poorest of the poor in the country are are like sending the kids to this school district. Yeah. So, you know, you see like the best and the worst of people, kind of thing on the staff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I one of the ladies and I don't know exactly she was kind of like one of those 
teachers, but not a teacher. She's kind of off to the side running programs kind of thing. But she was all into this uh, positivity and positive psychology. And, and she started talking about this coach that they bring into the school and how, how he walks them through these transformational experiences. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they get, they got their own coach in Inglewood yeah. school district. That was like, wow, that's so amazing. That is amazing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Me too. Yep. So talk a little bit now. I, I know you have another room story waiting to happen. And I just, right. I don't remember uh, how to cue it up. So just get into it. You got it, brother. So, <laughs> so I, I was, um, I had come across a book called The Prosperous Coach, which if anybody is into coaching or wants to do a coaching business, I highly recommend it. It's a really cool and unique perspective on how to create a thriving coaching business and how to sell coaching without being a salesperson, but by just coaching. Um, because coaching is, a, is an experience that gets results, but it's really hard to talk about what it is. Right. Um, and nobody has a budget for coaching. People want problems solved or they want solutions to things or they want results. Right. Nobody buys coaching except for those that have previously bought coaching and know that how it it's really helpful. pays. Yeah. Right. 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 And it's not for everyone. Coaching is definitely not for everyone. Sure. So, um, it was, I was about after I read that book, I went to some trainings and I sent it for a six month training and was learning more of it and becoming more immersed in, um, this kind of style of building a coaching business, this way of doing it. And I was doing kind of what I thought was, was the prescription in the book. And there are parts of it that are prescriptive like this that say, you know, just fill your schedule with conversations, serve people, coach people, and you'll generate clients. Okay. And so I was doing a lot of that. I had, I was doing a lot of networking. I was the president of an entrepreneur's club. I was hosting a networking event. I connected and knew so many people and I was out <clears throat> you know, getting conversations in the schedule, coaching conversations, ones that were like, how can I help you? We'll coach and see, you know, and then if that turns into them wanting more, then that will turn into a coaching relationship, right? which becomes revenue for my business. Sure. And, and, and so I was doing that, but I was doing it from that place of pressure, like you had talked about. And I was taking a lot of action and scrambling a lot. And so, yeah, people feel that vibe, right? What's that? People can feel that vibe. And people can feel that vibe. Totally. <laughs> right. Exactly. It, it's, oh my God, so much. And so I went to this coach training, the last, it was a six month coach training program, the last conference. And I had also planned a three week vacation in California to drive up highway one. And, and I had moved out of my place in Denver up to my dad's for a couple months Cause I didn't want to get a new place and I was going on this trip yet. And I was just like, can I just stay with you dad for this summer and we'll hang out like bros and you know, <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And so I was there the day before the trip and I was in my basement of my dad's house. Uh, I get, I have this relationship with hitting the bottom and screaming <laughs> when I hit the <laughs> bottom. I like to scream. Apparently <laughs> it doesn't happen often, okay. but I was like, ah, oh, I can't, you know, I was just, I was just losing it. And I was like, I can't take this anymore. I'm done. I'm tired. I just surrender. 
I give I give up to you, life. I give it up to the universe. I am you 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 tell me what to do because I can't tell myself what to do anymore. I can't make another decision and I can't have another damn conversation because I'm at wit's end. And I remember just feeling really down and depressed and sad. And I remember <laughs> I, I drove to the shuttle bus to the airport. You park in the parking lot and you get on the shuttle. It's called the Green Ride out here in Denver. And there's all these older women in their 50s and 60s. And they're like, I'm getting, I'm on the shuttle and, and, and they're all ch- chatting away. And I'm like really bummed. And I'm like, I just start listening to them. And I start listening to how, how these older women who are older than me and, you know, I'm the younger guy and I'm over here all upset and they're just like having a great old time. Right. And I just have thought that's like, maybe this is, maybe it's not as bad as you're making it, David. (laughs) And I just started to feel a little bit lighter. I was just like, huh, look at that. And I just, I'm like, maybe you're going on this amazing journey and you've got a three week vacation you're going to drive up highway one you know it's like what's going on here dude you know and and i just started to unfold and relax and let go and get into what we might say alignment for what was to be a more authentic way for me and what i mean by that is a way that suited me better okay rather than being this guy running around trying so hard to get conversations on the schedule, trying so hard to get clients and just let what would occur to me, what just what would be the next thing I'd have to do to step forward. Not all the strategies, not all the conversations leads to clients, just what would fit me. And what happened during that trip was I started to have insights and epiphanies around, I don't have to do any of that. I don't have to do any of that ever again if I don't want to. Not that I wouldn't do that. I don't have to fill my schedule with conversations. I can do it any way that I like. And if I allow that to come in, that will a be a way better experience for me. First of all, right. And B will probably be a way that's way more aligned for me that will suit who I am, who I am in that moment, who I'm meant to be. Okay. We're getting real esoteric here, but just, just throwing it all, throwing it out all the way and going, all I need to know is the next thing. And that started to happen. Really? And things I didn't expect, like... Like the synchronicity kind of stuff? Synchronicity stuff started showing up, like, do a survey. All of a sudden, do a survey to your list and see what they want. Oh, and then I created a program around that. I'd never done a survey before, right? Right. Um, and um, I created an- another client, a coaching client, a higher-end coaching client, through uh, a conversation that, uh, happened months before, but I sort of forgot about it, but I didn't, I stopped forcing things. And it, this is where we can get a little woo woo on, and we can talk about law of attraction or any of that weird kind of stuff. I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. But there's, but there's something to that. Um, from my perspective of when we kind of, here's what we want and that we just let it go and let it happen, that it's way more powerful, or we can come from a space of more psychological where when we're putting all this pressure on ourselves and all our thinking is running a million miles an hour. We, we can't even see two feet in front of us. And we think that we know how to get from New York to California. But what we don't realize is that the car needs fixing, AKA we need to settle 
the F down in our mind. <laughs> we need to fill up with gas, AKA yeah. we've been running all over the place and are burnt out. Right. Yes. You know, those, that's the analogous thing here, which is where I was totally burnt. Right. Totally. What's it. So, and, and things just started opening up in a way that I didn't have to do what I thought I had to do and everything that I was doing that wasn't working just to let it all go. And not that I don't do some of that stuff still. It, it I do, but just not that the energy's changed now. It's energy shifted. totally changed. Yeah. 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 No, I, I totally love those repeatable processes, but I, I always had a let it go kind of feel to those two. Like I built this thing where I would just sit down and uh, get over my fear of asking people to be on the podcast. So mm. I would just go find, I would do it in phases, right? I would go find 10 people that I think should be on their show and then phase one was just find them and get some sort of contact information listed in a spreadsheet. Okay, that's phase one. Done for that day. <laughs> yeah. And then the next time I would come and I'd say, now I've got the 10 people and, and I have their contacts. Now I'm just going to either email them, tweet them, whatever them, and ask them to be on the show. And, and then as, as I called that whole process chopping wood. You know, it was just like a Zen thing to do that I had fear about, but I was just going to do it and then let it go and see what happened. And generally speaking, like out of 10, somewhere between four and six people usually said yes. Yep. And here we are today. <laughs> you know, what's extra amazing is um, uh, you made me think of something else about like, like woo woo stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know why, but like, I've been trying to like reduce my alcohol content more because anyway, yes, I've been trying to reduce, get it down to maybe like one or no glass of wine a night, you know? Yeah. So, and I had a couple of those like this week where I was like, actually several, but you know, when I, I, I would wake up at, at two o'clock in the morning and, uh, and have these weird really cool ideas that felt like on the woo woo side, they felt like intuition, right. right? If, if we were talking to Aaron Pavlina, she'd say, that's your intuition to me. I'm just like, Oh, well, I'm probably less hungover. <laughs> <laughs> From woo woozy to woozy woozy to woo woo. There, there you go. I'm less <laughs> woozy. So it's woo woo. Uh, but you know, yeah. I had this thing where I was like, uh, don't worry about the world. The world is the world. You know, yeah. um, yeah. that's not, you're, you're not going to change the whole world because maybe it's meant to be that way. You know, there's go my job is to help people that want to, that are already on the path of awakening and waking, waking up in this lifetime, help them on that journey, you know, be that, you know, the welcome wagon. Hi, welcome. I'm waking up too. It's cool. Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, where, where are you at? Exactly. No, no. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not about finding people. It's, it's about letting them come to me and saying, Hey, you seem different. Yeah. Tell me, tell me some stories. Let's talk, you know, and then, and then we get into it. And then I say, welcome, you're waking up. 
it's kind of like a uh, wake up welcoming committee. And, and the thing is, is so many people are waking up now. It's like, it used to be so few and far between, but like in the last, I would say like since 2013 till now, maybe it was 2012, who knows? Let's all get woo woo. But in the last couple of years, I don't know if you've noticed this, but it seemed like it's everywhere where people, organizations, billionaires, everybody's waking up. Yeah. And they all yeah. need our help. <laughs> well, and here's the thing is I can't tell, dude, because I'm I'm a coach and everything's freaking woo-woo. Right. So I, I assume – I have no idea what the real world's like because I don't live in you the real world. You don't live there world. anymore. <laughs> Maybe that's my, part of my, uh, my gig is that I have to swim around like uh, Morpheus. I love that you're saying that. I'm like, I'm like, wow, that's cool to hear. Cause I, cause when I think the, I, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm way too subjective in my woo woo coachy stuff to, to know what's happening in the world. So maybe that is your role. Bridge <laughs> it all together. I love it. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I'll, fi- I figure it out, figure it out as I go. Can- well, and it's, go ahead. It's true that, you know, the, like the might, you know, there was that big article about all the top CEOs that use mindfulness meditation is yeah. an integral part of, of how they've been successful. Right. Oh yeah. That's, that's brilliant. And so we, we are seeing more of that. And then you, you know, if you get law of attraction, you start, you know, people, I used to hate law of attraction stuff. I hated it. And I started playing with it and I was like, Whoa, there's something going on here. You know, I don't really think that, you know, that my, my thing is with woo woo, um, and, and I know, you know, it's like some people are like, you're either woo woo or you're not, I, I'm kind of like open to everything, but I, I, it doesn't mean I'm not a skeptic, right? Yeah. So yep. I want to stay, stay skeptical. So the yep. way I, I put this in anything woo woo is it's all bullshit. Everything, everything that, uh, that is coming into your consciousness is not real. <laughs> Right. It's all so meet up as we say it, in the coaching. Right. World. It's all yeah. just a projection of your past and blah, blah, blah. Right. It's you putting you into the world and saying, huh, who am I? Right. And that's the way, that's just my point of view. And it's not woo woo to me. That's just how it is, you know, coming from science and, or from what, whatever else you want to say. So, when weird things that science can't explain happen, of course. Of course that happens because it's all crap. <laughs> right. It's all made up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does, does any of that make sense? Yeah. And I mean, I'm scientifically trained. I have a degree in molecular biology. See? Um, and, but one thing I, I come to believe about science is it's just one description. Well, it's and one way to discover things. And it's, great. It's, it, yeah. and it's great, you know, it's, and it's a perfectly valid, you know, point yeah. of view and a, a great way to get results. It's just not the only way. It, exactly. It's not the only, <laughs> way. It's not the only and, way. And I just, I, you know, there's the interesting discussion of is consciousness an emergent property of matter? Right. right? Or is, so does how the ability of for us to be conscious and think, does that come from our physical materialistic which science is fundamentally materialistic in that sense and um or is consciousness come before right creating all this and created science and all day long you know i just i have a lot more fun 
going with the latter, that consciousness is everything. God, God is everything. Like, there is no dude in the sky. Right. It's God. Right. That's, you know, that's it's you just, and me and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's and like the only, connected. the only illusion is the separation. That's what I like to think, you know? And right. Yeah. It's like everything's, everything's one thing and we're just playing in it. <laughs> right. But the, uh, what, what did you say that I wanted to comment on? Something about, uh, oh, you lost me. Say what you said again. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, I wanted to come down on that. Yeah, because matter or is matter you know, I'm going to say I don't know, Yeah, you know, because you can't know. But I, I, my, my preferred choice is that consciousness is primary in the universe. It's just yeah. more fun. And you can't That's, really yeah. know either way. That's right. I, so if I get you. to if I get to pick, I'm going to pick consciousness. Yeah, I mean, and, even and I'm open. Like, hey, why not to believe being, in God? I, I'm gonna know? I'm gonna be open to uh, that being wrong. But right, if if yes. I if I can't know either way and I get to pick, then I pick consciousness is what it is. Yeah, how's that? Me sound? too. I'm, I'm are, are we okay? Good. <laughs> Sure. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about your stuff. You're at evolution.co and socialexpression.net. So right. um, if anybody wants to check out David Hamilton's stuff, they can go to either one of those sites or both of those sites. And I'm sure you can sign up for his newsletter or buy some coaching or, you know, hang out. Just call him up and say, hey, let's go get a beer and sing <laughs> karaoke if you're in Denver. that's right you can connect with me on those on those sites you know evolution is i post i'll just say that i post yeah once every two to three weeks on their social expression get ready i send a lot of email okay so and i and i make sure people know that they have to check a box and say i'm i'm willing to receive daily emails wow okay um that's that's how i roll on social expression um and i'm transparent about it and and that's how I like to, to do that one. So I might change it at some point, but I don't, people don't, aren't getting any into anything they don't know they're getting into. Like you can sign up for these lists and all of a sudden they're hitting you with five emails a day. And you're like, oh. it's like, no, you right. check the box. So right, right, right. get ready. Right, right. And, Be and ready. For, Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. And then I send you an email that reminds you of that. <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. All right, dude. This has been a blast. I can't believe it's been an hour. It's been so yeah. much fun. Yeah, I know, man. It has been a blast. Thanks so much for having me, yeah. and uh, we maybe we'll talk do it again, again soon. Sometime. Yeah, yeah. We need to we need to hang out more. Sounds good, brother. Next time you're in LA, hit me up. That's right. All right, I'll brother. Talk to you soon. Peace. Peace and chicken peas. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V-double-E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.